Why would we build a business or a brand if we don't own it first, right? We don't build businesses based on where we're at. We build them on based on where we're trying to go. Like you don't want to build a business or a brand only for someone to hit you with a cease and desist letter and tell you to take it all down or even worse, turn over all that product packaging to me or that marketing material to me because I am the true owner and under the law, I can destroy it. It has to work where it has to work. Welcome to Circle of Greatness. I'm your host, Nehemiah Davis. And today's show, I have somebody so special. Somebody who's my personal business lawyer, handles all of my trademarking. And I believe this is a subject that is not talked about enough. And more importantly than not talked about enough, we simply aren't just educated enough on trademarks. Case in point, I had a huge six-figure mistake less than two years ago and this with me being what you would call a seasoned business owner so i have to bring her in to demyth some trademark stuff educate us on some trademarks and show us how we need to be operating and properly protecting our business so without further ado welcome to the show rosina the biz lawyer thank what's you. up thank you for having me thanks for coming on i, I really wanted you to come on here because it's like we are so un undereducated on trademarks and how important they are. So I basically want to do a masterclass live right now yeah. teaching us what we need to know, mm -hmm. the no-nos, like what we should be focusing on just so people are educated on how to operate in this world of just trademarks. I know you go through a lot and I'll give you an example. I've been an entrepreneur 15 years. Last mm -hmm. two years, we built a company, we started it, did all this branding, did all these videos, yeah. and we essentially had to scrap all of it because we didn't have the proper trademarks in place. Right. Now, I know, I, I'm going to be honest, you know me, I'm success, love, speed. I start a lot of companies would just go start the company, do all the trademarks later. Now, with a lot of things I start, I'm hitting you up first, right. like, hey, you think I could do this before I go all steam ahead? Let's Let's talk about it because I know I'm like success, love, speed, and you're like, no, trademark goes before everything. Let's kind of talk about that from people who are starting up who may just don't have it and then maybe people who do. Like, Yeah, so I always ask people, and you love when I ask people this because I think it hits home for people, yeah. but would you build a house on land you don't own? And the answer is no. Exactly, yeah. right? Especially in the States, right? We want to clear the deed, clear the land, of course, first. And so it's the same thing with building a business. Why would we build a business or a brand if we don't own it first, right? And the crazy thing, when you tell that story, you even knew me before, like you did. I was one of the contributors to that project. And, you Which know, crazy. and we, we set that name throughout the entire project but then we had to not be able to use it because- Why are you, why are you telling me before it was my- I, I used to tell you all the time, but you never listened to me. Oh. And this is the thing, like people always call lawyers when it's a fire, right? Yep. And there's two type of lawyers, right? There's lawyers that like to prevent fires. There's lawyers that like to fight fires. I like to prevent the fire so we don't have to fight it at all because it costs you more to fight the fire than it do to prevent the fire, That's right? A fact. And so it's just like, I, you know, People always ask me, so can I do it at a later time? And it's like, you never know. I have a client who made million dollars in eight minutes in her business selling mm. skincare, right? And guess what happened after that eight minutes and that million dollars came? A lot of counterfeiters came, um, copy um, cats came and all of that. So you gotta have the paperwork behind you to enforce your rights. A lot of people think you gotta build the business first, make it successful. Some places like Target and Walmart won't even accept your business if you don't, if you cannot show 
show that you own the brand first because they're accepting a possible liability. Mm. And so I always tell people like we don't build businesses based on where we're at. We build them on based on where we're trying to go. And I mm, love that graphic when they show like Microsoft started in a garage, Amazon started in a garage, you know. But what they also did was they secured the intellectual property first because we understand there is value in that. If you look up the most 10 value trademarks to date, they all have something in common. Ask me what that is. What is it? They're all worth at least $100 billion. $100 billion? billion and we're talking wow. about the trademarks alone. Like Amazon is one of those companies that's on that list. So when the valuation is done with that trademark, they're not looking at their inventory, their liquid assets, you know, or anything like that. They're talking about the trademark alone because intellectual property is a value and you got to protect it. It's kind of like before we drive our car off the lot, Right. They make us get insurance to make sure that it's protected. And it's the same thing. Like you don't want to build a business or a brand only for someone to hit you with a cease and desist letter and tell you to take it all down or even worse. Right. Turn over all that product packaging to me or that marketing material to me because I am the true owner. And under the law, I can destroy it. Wow. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's that's like you went and spent thousands of dollars to get this stuff created and they could just take it from you yeah so like um there's a case where there was a restaurant and you even experienced it just going into a restaurant but it happens a lot in the restaurant industry and think about a restaurant industry where they put the name on the menus they put the name on the sign i had a client who owned a restaurant who had to turn over a twenty-five thousand dollars sign because it contained an infringing name on it so wow. you don't want those issues so it, you can it, avoid it you can avoid it. And it only makes sense. Just like before we go and buy a house, right? We're going to do a title search on the house, on the land, on to make sure that the title is clean. You want to do the same thing, type of research on your brand name before you even begin to put the name up there or begin to invest in the name. Like people don't look at it like I'm investing in this name. First of all, you invest in your time, your money, and your resources to building up a name. You want to make sure you own it first. It only makes sense. Yeah. Let me ask you this before we go deeper into trademarks. Mm -hmm. Let's educate people because there's a you got copyrights. Mm -hmm. I want you to break down. You got copyrights. Mm -hmm. You got trademarks that you could just trademark in your state. Yeah. Uh -huh. You got a national trademark that right. is like when you trademark it, it's mm -hmm. across the world. Like I want you to do a little bit because people get mixed up copywriting. When some people go do a trademark, they go do it on their own. They go on the state website and they trademark, but yeah. it's only good for that city. Like, I want you to break, like, educate me and educate us yeah. on this process. So you brought up two good points that I like to hit on. First of all, there are four different types of intellectual property law. And I always say an educated entrepreneur is a successful entrepreneur. So, for instance, there's copyrights, there's patents, there's trade secrets, and there are trademarks. We use those. Copyrights, patents, trade secrets, and trademarks. Right. Yep. And they're all, they apply differently in our business. But a lot of entrepreneurs don't even know we might have all four of them in in our business, right? So a copyright protects a creative expression fixed into a tangible medium. Now, the reason that's important is because a copyright is birthed out of the creation by the creator. And under the law, a copyright lasts 70 years plus the life of the author, right? So if you're a business owner and you're hiring someone to create a creative work for you, you need to make sure that you're retaining those rights that really goes to them by default. And how you retain 
obtain those rights is but through a work for hire agreement. Mm. It has to be in writing. It, can, it cannot be an oral transfer, right? And the reason being is because, again, what I said is 70 years plus the life of the author. So these are rights that even survive the creator and death. And as a business owner, you want to make sure that you own them because they're assets to you. Look at Disney. Disney, um, they own um, like tons of copyrights, right? And those animated creations that's created by those animators, they are under a work for hire agreement because B Disney is not going to put a million dollars, multi-million dollars into a project that they don't even own. And then you have a patent. A patent is a set of rights granted from the government that is given to an inventor. So a type of patent that you will receive is like a utility patent, or an actual design patent. Now, a patent only lasts 20 years. If it's a design patent, it could last from 14 to 15 years. The reason why it's such a small limit on that is because the government wants to um, facilitate innovation in society, right? So like this microphone that I'm talking into right now, I'm sure it probably holds a patent, right? But there have been microphones around for test of time now, but as you see, they develop and they get better, they get stronger, they project more. So it's like, it's a limited, time so innovators and inventors have to constantly be creative because their patent is going to expire soon mm. and then you have a trade secret a trade secret is actually um, to cover like recipes or formulas or even your customer list i know you have a like extensive email list right yeah. but how many people you got on your email list probably quarter million dang really yeah. dang i ain't doing good enough i only got ten thousand people but Okay, so your email list can also be considered a trade secret under the law. The law says in order for anything to be treated as a trade secret, one, it has to be a secret, two, it has to be a monetary value, and then three, you have to take reasonable measures to protect the secret. So let me ask you this. Do you make money from your email list? Yes. Yes, okay. Now, do you do 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 everybody have access to your email list? No. Right. So in order to take reasonable measures to protect that secret, you have to make sure that people sign off on what we call an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. So whoever you're going to share that list with, you want to make sure that you're protecting the secret, taking reasonable measures, because guess what? You can have an email marketer working in-house for you, right? They decide to leave your company and then they take your email list to your competitor. Mm. How bad or how hurtful would that be for your company? It'd be crazy. Exactly. Um, in fact, one time there was some Coca-Cola executives that left Coca-Cola and they actually tried to contact Pepsi and sell the formula to actually Pepsi. And so what happened is, is that the executives, um, Pepsi did the right thing. They contacted the executives um, of Coca-Cola and let them know. And then that is where the um, the Pepsi company, um, well, the executives from Coca-Cola, they actually were, um, they got fined and I believe jail time for misappropriation of a trade secret. Wow. So under federal law, there is penalties for it. And then the fourth thing, of course, what we were talking about is trademarks. And I love the fact that you brought up the difference between state and national. And when you file a trademark with your state, there are some, some cases where 
a trademark will only cover your region within the state. So like in Illinois, there was a case where there was a restaurant and they were in the Northern District of Illinois. And then a Southern um, company restaurant opened up a restaurant in the Southern District of Illinois. And what ended up happening was the state said, well, y'all could coexist because you not even you don't even have a much far reach of a state. But when you file for a trademark on a national level, what ends up happening is you get national coverage where you're covered not just in your state, but across the nation of all 50 states. And what's the price difference of just the filing fee Mm-hmm. between national and so states really depend on each state like some states it might be as low as 15 dollars right yeah. but with a national and somebody take that because oh it's 15 verse right it's a 250 yeah. it starts at 250 and it can go up to 450 dollars but the the best one is 250 dollars but basically um you know but you got to look at okay but what am i buying for only 15 dollars versus what i could have paid for for 250 dollars but also i, I want to speak to that too because people sometimes they'll hit us in a dm and be like well how much you charge for a trademark and we usually charge about fifteen hundred dollars is where it starts and they'll be like well it's only 250 dollars to file it so why is it so expensive and it's like okay but when you go to a restaurant the food probably only costs about you know less than 15 dollars to make that meal but you're gonna pay 48 dollars you're gonna pay for that time and resources so i just wanted to educate people on no, that as i well. want i want to say something about that right mm-hmm. i was the guy rosine i had somebody doing my trademark for 250 300 and i'm like well I could go pay this. I was that guy. Like, Rosine, I'm not giving you a yeah. thousand to fifteen hundred dollars to go do a trademark. Yeah. Because I always thought that it's the same thing. But one time Rosina pulled up my my trademark that I got done, then what she had done, I didn't only had like one class, it only labeled like three things. Like, and if you guys see the one she do for me is literally a paragraph of things that cost me protection. So for anybody here looking, right, um, I want you guys to go to securethebrand.com, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Use code Greatness Podcast and set you up a call with their team so you guys can even just see if, um, like, just get it done right the first time. Because right. what happens is I have to re-get trademarks done when they're not done properly, which costs you more time. Because... Right now, it takes about a year to get a trademark approved, right? It takes about a year to get it approved, yeah. But just think about redoing a trademark that could have been done right the first time. So, again, don't take the cheap route. Take it from me who've been taking cheap routes all of my life. <laughs> Sometimes when you take the shortcut, you're taking the long you're taking the long way out. So, And I always tell people, like, you know, working with attorneys, the value is in a relationship. Like, yeah. I've been practicing this law for 10 years now. I studied this in law school. I studied in undergrad. Like, there's You're not just- an injury lawyer. Huh? You're not, you're not an injury no. lawyer. You're not a sole business lawyer. You're not an entertainment lawyer. You eat dream and sleep trademarks and i could just say that y'all because i've given her this last year thirty five thousand dollars for to represent me on all of my trademarks Mm -hmm. right i'm not saying you got to do that but that's the best thing but Mm -hmm. just 
to know that I know it's going to be done right. I know I ain't got to think about it. And that's just important for me. And we represent everybody, right? We represent entertainers, athletes, but we only do trademarks. And my daddy always taught me, you know, you ain't going to go to a foot doctor for brain surgery, right? And it's like, you know, you just want to be an expert in your field. And I'm able to tell people this law inside and out, right? Because this is what we study. This is what we do day in and day out. And also going back to the fact when you try to do it yourself, there's actually... Um, a case right now that's against LeBron James where LeBron James filed for a trademark and the government approved it for publication for opposition, even though there was another trademark that was registered, the same trademark, but in a different class, right? So a lot of people don't even understand there's 45 different classes under trademark law. The reason being is so certain trademarks can coexist in the marketplace. That's why we have Dove Chocolate, Dove Soap, Mac Makeup, Mac Computer, Delta Airline, Delta Faucet, Pandora, Jewelry, Pandora Music. So imagine you filing your trademark. Pandora Music and Pandora Jewelry aren't owned by the same people. And they're not owned by the same people. Yeah. Dove Chocolate, Dove Soap, not owned by the same people. Of course, Delta Airline, Delta Faucet, not owned by... this is how they can coexist. Th- because they're in two different trades of channel, right? Mm-hmm. They, so think of... They're mm-hmm. uh, classes, right? Different classes. So okay. think about it. You file a trademark, right? Because you did it yourself and it was only $250 and you like, okay, I'm protected, right? Not knowing you put yourself in a class and then a LeBron James or a Kim Kardashian come along because that was a similar case with Kim Kardashian and they filed in other all the other classes. And now you're claiming, no, this is infringing on my rights because they are um, infringing on my trademark. But based on how you filed your trademark, it's not infringement because it looked like you guys are in two different trades of channel, two different classes. Right. And so a lot of people, anybody can file a trademark application and a trademark examiner's that work for the government, they're trademark lawyers, but their duty is to the government and to the people. And because they're trademark lawyers, it's unethical for them to advise you the DIY or how or what you did wrong. As long as it meets the standards of what they need to check off the box and it's not a likelihood of confusion on anybody else when they do the search, they're going to push it through. So now fast forward, LeBron James filed this trademark and all these other classes, and now you're ready to file a $33 million lawsuit against LeBron James, but now the question is, do your registration actually support that $33 million claim, right? So it's like, it's not about, you got to think about it, about going into it. Like, I'm not going into it just to get it on file, but I'm going into it to get it on file because if I have to enforce my rights against an infringer, I have that legal right and that protection for me. Mm. So two two other things I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let me forget, because I want to make sure you tie this in. I want to talk to you about the intellectual property in terms of licensing. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk to you about, so one of the things that I've done, that I trademarked my name. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all my kids' names been submitted to be trademarked. Mm-hmm. King Nehemiah, Ocean, Marie, Dream, Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that for, you know, I want to protect, my, I just always store, let me just protect my kids' names, but I want you to talk on the importance of doing that for somebody that needs that. But also, you all even talked about when you name your kid Beyonce, you name your kid Jay-Z, you automatically eliminate them from being able to make any money from leveraging that name. Right. Like So when you, oh, I'm about to name my kids mm-hmm. Beyonce, no, you yeah. won't make bread by naming yeah. your kid Beyonce. So yeah. I want you... Naming your kid Blue Ivy right now is not is not a good thing. It's not. So a I good want you thing. to talk about that um, importance so, of trademarking and just 
Because that's something I didn't know prior to you teaching me about it. Yeah, and you use your name, right? As long as you're using your name and connection to products or services in the marketplace, that's a trademark. You can protect that, right? But, you know, I always make a joke. I feel sorry for anybody named Martha Stewart who's not the Martha Stewart who's Snoop Dogg friend, right? Because Martha Stewart, she has her name on lock. And there's a lot of Martha Stewart's that's actually, um, you know, that exists, right? But they can only use their name when it comes to actual, um, in their individual capacity, meaning they can use their name to pay bills, um, they can use their name for their license, but they cannot use their name as it relates to business purposes because that name is a registered trademark and it is owned. So I do tell people, you know, people used to think it was cute, but it's like, if you're in this for your kids to build a legacy and build their own business and be independent, you probably don't want to name them after something that's already trademarked. Now, like for instance, like Michael Jordan, and that also is a trademark, right? So you have Michael B. Jordan, right? But I'm sure that's why Michael B. Jordan had to make sure it's clear. His name is Michael Jordan, right? Like, yeah. ain't no way around that. And they named it after prior Michael Jordan. Possibly. But yeah. now what does he always have to use? B. Michael B. Jordan mm. to let it I'm know. I'm surprised they letting know. that slide, though. You know what? I, I'm surprised, too. But Michael Jordan probably is like, you know what? He's a young kid. And, you know, you used to watch The Cause, Wire. Because he could go against that. He, he possibly could have, but I think right now Michael B. Jordan has done a great thing to actually um, create a name for himself. And um, everybody understands there's no confusion. He's yeah. the actor. Michael Jordan is the athlete. So and also, too, that's another thing. If you allow someone to use a name that can possibly cause the likelihoods of confusion to your name for such a long period of time, then you kind of the defense for us, if I was representing Michael B. Jordan would be, well, Michael Jordan never came forward. He never contested it. And, you know, because of his lack of of, you know, um, petition against it, we, you know, we should be fine because there's no confusion now, right? And I, I was asking you, have you ever seen The Wire? No. You never I heard about the wire. the wire. I never saw it. Though. Okay, so Michael B. Jordan, he was a young kid on The Wire starting out. You know what I'm saying? And and he he is what he is today, right? And I, I'm sure Michael Jordan, the you know the the one the great um, basketball player, because I'm from Chicago. Um, he probably celebrates him now, but you know he but it's always clear Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's good. So, all right, what's what else we need to know? So you. <laughs> So you said that it's a lot that you can know, right? I, I, I know, but, but I probably, but also you talked about the licensing, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Talk about the, the license. license. Cause they don't even know the trademark licensing play. Like, yeah. like Trump don't mm -hmm. own all of these hotels. Or they license his name mm -hmm. to lend to the building. Yes. I remember Kim Kardashian is probably close to a billionaire. Yeah. But the reason why in this, this goes against licensing kind of, but the reason why, She's probably closer to a billionaire now. Her 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 sister beat her to a billionaire mm -hmm. because Kylie didn't just license her name to a cosmetic company. Yeah. She became the cosmetic company. Right. Kim K, from my understanding earlier on, she was more licensing her name to a bunch of different brands yeah. instead of owning them. Now, right. it still made her probably hundreds of million yeah. licensing her name out, right. which I think is good for everybody here to be able to license yeah. it. But. I think it's good to be able to license and own oh. it, but talk to talk about just the importance of you can't license it if you don't own if the trademark. Like, so talk who's about gonna, that. And, and that's even for like people who want to open up franchises and things like that. Who's going to pay you a royalty 
on, you know, a brand name that you don't own, right? So mm. it's it's really important to license it. And I think, you know, a lot of people was questioning Virgil before he died, um, which is crazy because I was at the Drake concert in New York and he did a amazing tribute to um to um Virgil. Um but you know was questioning him um when he died like you know why why is um Virgil selling his name to you know the Louis Vuitton um brand what is that LVMH or whatever but so Virgil did something very smart I believe um was he actually licensed his name to a company but he always retained the ownership of the trademark, mm -hmm. right? Always retrain. Um, and so then he was able to do that deal where he uh, received part ownership in the company when he did the deal right before he died. And I'm sure that was a legacy play to set up for his family and things like that. But also too, licensing can make sense when you are, say, um, say you're a celebrity and you're a boxer, right? So you're a boxer, so you're not really in the business of actually reproducing like like apparel or boxing gloves and things like that. But you have somebody who does it. They do it every single day. They know how to do it, right? And you're like, you know what? Well, use my name because my name is up, you know, and make sure you cut me a check. But also, too, you know, I love how Beyonce say, you know, pay me an equity. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of like what Kylie, you know, it's not, it's more just about I don't only license the name to you, but I also have ownership in this company as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's powerful. I mean, yeah. if you could do both, yeah. do them. Like, get all the- Why not? Like this all money in season. Yeah, why yeah. not? And, and the thing is, like, and I always tell, like, a lot of people who want to be artists and things like that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to- build your brand and build your business to a point where you have leverage at the table, right? Yeah. I think my Master P taught a really great lesson when he said, you know, they offered me a million dollars, so how much am I really worth, right? And then he went and hired Michael Jackson attorney and said, okay, I wanna hire the richest man in entertainment attorney to see how is he making all the money? And he said, you know what? I'm gonna keep 90% ownership of my business, right? And that goes to Kanye, right? And um, Adidas, the reason why Adidas, you know, had so much, you know, they lost a lot of money when when they fired Kanye. That's why it took them about 10 days to make that decision. Why? Because Kanye hold, held the power of ownership because he owned the name. Yep. And they knew that. They said, okay, my God, if we let him go, we, we got to let go and relinquish the Yeezy name. Yeah, because we own it, not them. Exactly. That's crazy. It's powerful. Oh, like, and people ooh. really, like, we all talk about building, like, generational wealth and legacy and things like that. But it's like, okay, really, what does that look like? And I told you, like, how long a copyright lasts, how long a patent lasts, but a trademark will last as long as you use it, you will not lose it. Like, Coca-Cola was registered in 1893, Mercedes in 1903, which means the trademark can outlive you. Your family can eat off of your name. Bob Marley family, they go ham on protecting his legacy because they own his name, his trademarks. They just won a, a multi-million dollar case against um, Target and Walmart for counterfeit shirts with his name on it because they didn't have the license, the store didn't, from the, his estate to actually use it. And they suit the, the vendors who actually created the products. What does a licensing agreement look like? Tell me like, if I, I want to go lend my name mm -hmm. to a company, mm -hmm. is it you create all the terms? Like, tell me about 
Walk me through a licensing deal. So I always say before putting together a deal, like as the both of the parties, whatever deal is going to be, if it's a partnership deal, if it's going to be a license deal, before we're going to send over a contract, like we all need to sit down and have a conversation and see what are we agreeing to, what terms are we agreeing to. And then we draw up the agreement and then we go through and, and go from there, right? One thing I would, you know, like to, if I'm representing you is the fact that you retain ownership to your name, right? Like what Kanye did, which was a very smart move because now if you fire me, I get to walk away with my brand. And that doesn't happen in a lot of cases. Like if we remember Caesar from Black Ink when he spoke about, you know, after he had his troubles, I think it was with dog fighting or something, Viacom fired him from the show that he knew this was a brand that he created and he mm. thought he owned the trademark which he filed for the trademark for tattooing services. But when he did his deal he with Viacom, they did it for entertainment services. And so now they can fire you from your own show wow. and still own the name of the project that you brought to the network, right? Wow. And so it's just like, you gotta make sure when you're doing deals, you have an educated lawyer sitting right next beside you and that doesn't have an interest, you know, with the opposing side, cause that a lot in these deals, right? So you just gotta make sure that, you know, your lawyer is advising you and they're well averse of like how this actually worked. And that's why daddy say, don't go to a foot doctor for brain surgery because if you're sitting here talking about intellectual property and you working with a, a, a contract lawyer that, that really understand that, they may allow you to sign away those rights in that contract, not even knowing you just gave away your ownership to the biggest and most thing that's important to you. One of the biggest mistakes I made in business is mm -hmm not getting professional advice. Hey everybody, this is your girl, The Biz Lawyer, and I want you to go and go ahead and get our trademark toolkit. This is an amazing resource guide to help you as an entrepreneur and a new business owner as well. In this trademark toolkit, we have a work for hire agreement where you can transfer all of your copyrights to whoever you're hiring to create those creative works to your business. Also, we have a non-disclosure agreement in this toolkit as well, where you can protect your trade secrets if you have to share them with somebody. We also have a cease and desist letter template and so many other resources to help you and guide you and facilitate you through securing your brand via trademark law. I appreciate you all so much. And if you have any questions, y'all always know my DM. Hit me in the DM at The Biz Lawyer. So if I could share a word with any entrepreneur, stop going to generalist for specialties. Like, it's like you trying to be a full-time entrepreneur asking your coworker, is it a good idea? It will never be a good idea. Mm -hmm. Like you trying to go get a trademark done from just a regular consultant. It's probably not the best idea. You probably need to go to an attorney. I was just talking to a photographer who actually was shooting for one of the record labels. Can't remember. I think it was Warner Brothers or something like that. And he was talking about how they make him sign off on a work for hire. So where all the photos that he shoot for them, he don't own the photos, right? And so it's two ways you can do it, right? Because we represent photographers, videographers and stuff too. So you could either give away your copyrights to your photos and your videos and things like that and charge a premium for that because you're giving away your copyrights or what you can do is give them a license right so you can give your client a license to actually and sometimes particularly and i'm gonna tell the clients on the other side if you're going to receive a license you probably want an irrevocable royalty-free 
licensed throughout the universe, right? Mm. You know, not the world, but the universe, because we're going through the universe now, Craig. So it's like, so it just depends on what the agreement is and what, you know, but also too, a lot of times photographers and videographers don't even know they have these rights. So they don't give them, right? And it can be a case or a situation where your graphic designer created your logo for you. It's your best friend. She like, you can have this and God forbid she dies and now her estate, because remember, 70 years plus the life of the author is coming to you telling you you got to pay royalties on these works. Right. So it's just, you know, it's first I always say, like I said, an educated entrepreneur is a successful entrepreneur. And I feel like once both parties are clear on what the rights are, then now you can negotiate what terms are best fit for you in that relationship, in that situation, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so for me, like, if I do an event, I probably don't need the copyrights to the event, but I need at least a royalty-free license, irrevocable, so that I can promote my event any way that I want to. So what should we be doing as somebody who has a media department and we had people editing, we had people creating, but they work for the company. What so every so every employee should be on a work for hire agreement, right? Um, it, it's a work. So if it's in their employment agreement is a work for hire clause, right? So anything that they're creating on behalf of the company, they know it's for the company, right? That's what you're paying them for. Um, there was a case, a situation with Mattel, right? So you know Mattel is the creator of Barbie, right? And then there is also the Bratz doll. You know the Bratz doll, right? Yep. The big heads, they're cute, right? And so the worker for the Bratz doll, well, the creator and the founder of the Bratz doll actually used to work for Mattel, right? And so he actually was under a work for hire agreement. And Mattel tried to say that they should have been the rightful owner of Bratz doll because at the time when he was developing a brand, he worked for Mattel. But what he did, which was really great and smart was he was able to show how he never used Mattel inf um, information or their materials to develop his own line of work so he was able to show that it fell outside of his scope of work and a Brett's doll is completely different from Barbie and so therefore those creations did not fall under his work for hire but Mattel did the right thing by having him under a work for hire from the beginning mm. so does that like as an entrepreneur, are you seeing like, you know, you got to have, I don't care if they're employees, independent contractors, anytime they come in to do work for your business, those are agreements that you want to have signed, you know, and, you know, it's your media department, but that's something your HR team can handle for you as you're hiring people. So I know as entrepreneurs, including myself. Sometimes we just like to hire people like, hey, I got this, you know, could you go shoot this for me? You know, we ain't calling nobody or contacting nobody. But, you know, as entrepreneurs and business owners and CEOs, we got to be smart about it. So anybody we paying anything for, like they got to be processed through our HR department first, because they're going to make sure that they're signing off on a proper documentation where anything they're creating on behalf of the company actually belongs to the company. Mm, that's good. I'm making sure. You you gonna text her right in the middle of the yeah right in now, the show. <laughs> I think we share the same HR director, and so I know I be I know I got her on it, so I know she 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 got you. Yeah, I'm making sure. Right, make sure, make sure for sure. Like this year, I'm really trying to get everything all the way dialed in, like yeah. every little small yeah. nuance that could potentially yeah 
cause issues yeah. later down the line. For sure. So so somebody running off with our brand. New Age CEO's prime example. Yes. Everybody in there, mama, yes. rapper, athlete, entrepreneur. Now again, I don't know if we trademark I know we trademark the new Age CEO brand, but I don't and you could let us know. I don't know if we own the rights of being able to do the slashes through, but the amount of copycats, it's like it's so, distasteful at this it's like yo like you is. can't come up with something that's just a little bit more creative it is but the thing is as entrepreneurs and trademark owners and copyright owners we have a responsibility to enforce our rights against the copycats right and sometimes that can get expensive and we can pay for it. i mean and we have to pay for it right and so it's up to and i'm gonna ask you and i'll ask you know, Justin, your partner, do you guys want to enforce those? Because again, remember what I said earlier, if we allow it to just keep passing on and passing by, right, then, you know, it kind of ties our hands a little bit. And right now, um, there is with AI technology, and I know a lot of people, you know, and a lot of lawyers probably is like uh, with AI technology and things like that. But there's some great AI technology because at first in a, you know, and back in the day, we used to have to sit and comb through, you know, Amazon, comb through Etsy and comb through these websites to find the infringement, right? And that runs up a bill too, right? But now we have AI technology where the AI um, technology is going through not only just looking at Etsy.com, but they're looking through all of their different profiles to find this infringing content, right? And so that, that, that technology is expensive to use, but it's effective because one of my clients, um, we use something very similar. This was a little before AI came out, but we were tapping into it and we were able to remove over 4,000 infringing accounts from Amazon. Wow. from her apparel brand you know what i'm saying so it's just like it's about a strategy how do we approach it right because i would argue as the attorney for that brand that the rapper slash athlete slash entrepreneur that is a protectable brand so now that everybody else is putting a slash through even other names it's still infringing so we need to start going after all of that i mean i've been saying it for the longest yeah okay, okay. yeah yeah i think yeah because it's it's getting to, it's getting out of hand now. Yes. And you know, and it's like it it irritates me when I see it now because I am the you know the attorney of that brand, and like sometimes I take things you know a little personal as well. So yes. it bothers me a little bit too when I I see it. So I'm just like you know it it's so because it's not just about getting the. I registration. think people don't know though. They just they inspired. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, that's legal ramifications that yeah. could happen from this. Yes. And that's where we're, we come into play with a cease and desist. desist. Yes. Uh huh. Like, how you spell that? Because I, I always cease and desist. I always just. So it's cease, a, like cease, C -A, cease means stop. Stop and desist, like go away, like stop it. Desist, how you spell D I S I S T? D E S I S T. Okay. Got yeah, it. Desist. Okay. 
So um, a cease and desist letter. And template. we can send that letter like you can send that letter on your own with using the one you have if you're not going to use a lawyer. So in the toolkit. Yes. Yeah. So if okay. you use our office to send a letter, it's going to be about twelve hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. My attorneys might get me. It might be fifteen hundred. Now, I do have three attorneys that work for me. Um, and sometimes they be like, you know what? We changed the price. But that covers for us to go back and forth with the opposing side at least up to 30 days. Right. After that, it goes into a monthly retainer, which can get expensive, right? So we put a cease and desist letter template in the toolkit. So therefore, if you um, don't want to pay that $1,297 or $1,500 um, right away, you can actually notify the infringer, right? Whether we always say copycatters, counterfeiters, and confiscators right away, like, look, this is my brand, put them on notice. Because sometimes people don't know, right? Put them on notice um, and then say, you know, um, the letter says, um, we need you to cease and desist immediately. And if you don't, we'll get our attorneys involved, right? And that, that saves people a lot of money as yeah. well. Um, it is a lot of value when you have a letter coming from an attorney, Absolutely. but sometimes people don't have that right away. And we want all of our clients to notify people just right away as soon as possible. But also what's in that toolkit is a um, just a monitoring resource, like a trademark monitoring resource, like how to actually monitor your trademark. So we have a service where we actually will watch our clients' trademarks for them using some of that technology as well. And then we have a watch service is what we actually watch with the USPTO where other trademarks are being filed so we can know where to oppose it. But an entrepreneur themselves can go to Google and set up Google alerts and just put up a Google alert for your actual brand name. And so anytime that thing hits Google, you're gonna be alerted to that. Also too, an entrepreneur can actually go to any social media account and just check their name. You know what I'm saying? Every other week or so in the search bar that's watching your watching your brand too and also like with new platforms coming out and things like that so like you know we have TikTok, we have i don't know i don't know the other ones i just know yeah, instagram so and facebook ones. right yeah. but anytime a new social media platform come out make sure you go and claim your name on that platform, whether you're, you know, whether you don't know what it's going to be, right? Like right now, I think I want to do TikTok. I don't know, because I used to think you had to dance to be on TikTok, and I was like, I ain't dance for nobody, okay? Yeah. But, you know, TikTok has become a great resource, so, you know, I want to make sure that I'm on TikTok. And so as an entrepreneur, you want to make sure you own your brand name, because trust and believe, I remember when Clubhouse came available, came about. And somebody that followed me on Instagram as the biz lawyer went on Clubhouse and claimed theirself as the biz lawyer. So what I had to do? Pull up on her. Pull up on her with a cease and desist letter. And, and she like, stopped doing it. And she stopped doing it. What like, happened if you don't stop? So then I would have to take you to court. Then I would have to file a lawsuit for against you in court. And here's the thing. Lawyers know be better, right? And um, I always talk about this case with Mixed Chicks. So Mixed Chicks, you heard of Mixed Chicks? Mm. So it's a hair care brand that was you created. You got these case studies all day long, don't you? I do this all day long, yeah. every day. I better know the cases, right? So Mixed Chicks actually... Um, they have a brand and you guys probably know of it. And they were actually, and they were a small business at the time. And they actually was approached by Sally's Beauty to do, to actually distribute their brand at the time. And Mixed Chicks at the time, small business or whatever, but they had their trademark registered and they refused. So Sally's went and did another brand called Mixed Silk, right? 
And then they also made the packaging like very similar to mixed chicks, right? So Sally's made about $900,000 off of that brand. But mixed chicks took them to federal court and they were actually awarded a $8 million judgment. Wow. Because they said that, well, the jury agreed that Sally's was intentional in their trademark infringement trade dress infringement, and also because they are a bigger company that's now unfair competition in the marketplace. Wow. So Mixed Chicks, who was the small business at the time, received an additional $7 million because of this punitive behavior on this big company. What punitive mean? Well, it means harmful, um, egregious, right? Intentional, right? Behavior on them. So basically, and now, you know, Sally's is, you know, going away. Like they, they are filing for bankruptcy, talking about their closing store downs and things like that. Well, and like I was that. about to ask you, who pays these lawsuits? Do the company or insurance So sometimes the, the companies have insurance that they, they, they have. What type of insurance we need for that? You do need business insurance. Got that. You do but need, is any special one for lawsuits? Well, so what you, well, so basically when you have insurance, what you want to do is make sure in your policy, if there is going to be litigation, that your insurance company is going to actually step in place and actually litigate those claims for you. That's mm. important that you look into your insurance um, policy for that. Can you talk to my HR about that for me? Yeah, but sure. I don't know if she's the insurance broker. No, but we, I'm saying they talk to, to all those people. Okay, yeah. okay. I'll talk to her about it. Yeah. Make sure. Because yeah. um, you know what? HR actually, which is our segment, she's actually helping us with our insurance coverage right now as well. But also, too, um, when insurance, you do want to make sure you have errors and omission coverage as well. Mm -hmm. um, there was a young lady who actually was marketing, and she went to one of these free sites and grabbed a, a photograph and put it on her website, right? You know how they had those free stocks photos? Well, there's some people out there, we call them copyright trolls, mm -hmm. where they drop content that's supposedly be free on these sites. And then when you use their content, they'll send you a demand letter, not a cease and desist, but a demand letter saying, you have used my copyrighted um, work and I demand that you pay me $30,000 right away. Mm. But good thing this young lady had business insurance and under her business insurance, it covered her marketing practices, which was was under her errors and omission insurance. And so her her insurance company took up that claim and they were the ones to figure out and track back that this. And when you got a big company behind you, what they, they don't want to pay all claims, right? So they're going to do the research and have their resources. And they are the ones who research to find out that. This person actually put it on a free stocks and he was a copyright troll. So go away with your little demand letter. It's mm. not working here. Wow. Yeah. Woo. Man, this this a lot. Like when I just sit here and just think about business, it's just so many elements it that is. you gotta really protect. And having someone like you in the corner really helps and you're a firm, but at least they could get this toolkit that yes. can assist them to get going. Yes. Right? Yeah, I'm excited for them just because people just you need to have this stuff readily available if you gotta go ahead and use it because yeah. people will try you. They will. Yeah. I, they will. You just heard me say how the person tried me and she followed me on Instagram. Why would you go be 
try to be the best boy you're in clubhouse like i ain't coming here yeah, like that's, that's crazy. crazy so you know but respectfully we were able to resolve it amicably but it's just like you said people will try you you know and sometimes people will see how far they can get away with things right and so you know we do have that trademark toolkit and that's what it's called um to help you as a resource guide as a business owner even if you can't afford an attorney and things like that Mm. But as a business owner, you know, and we have that resource and I want everybody to go out and get it. But as a business owner, like you say, it's so much stuff. It's so many different avenues and so many different layers. The moment you can't like successful business owners, they're always investing their money back into their business. They're always investing their money back into surrounding themselves with experts around them so that they can make better decisions, better business decisions and things like that. Mm, powerful y'all listen to me we just gonna make this part one we gonna have to come back for a part two just to go because she could go all day just on these topics and really educate you let everybody know how they could stay tapped down with you so make sure you guys follow me on Instagram at the biz lawyer. That's T-H-E-B-I-Z lawyer. But also too, I am the owner and founder of RJ Pierce Law Group, where we're ranked number 37 out of over 28,000 trademark law firms in the country. So make sure you visit our website at www.rjpiercelawgroup.com. Oh, and I forgot to mention that I'm number 15 out of over 33,000 trademark attorneys in this country. Boom. <laughs> And guys, with that being said, we appreciate you tapping in. Hopefully this was another episode that brought you immense amount of value. Uh, and just click the links below for all the great things we got coming, in, coming up for you. See you on the next episode.